What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 38.3. We are continuing our playthrough of The Witcher. Not the new one, the old one from 2007, the first Witcher. Um, hopefully you've listened to the episodes leading up to this because you're going to be kind of lost. But uh, yeah, uh, tonight I have with me Matt. Hello. And yeah, so we're in chapter four. Uh, the last we left off, we were cornered by the uh, the princess who had uh, staged a, a mutiny of sorts, saying so she's wanting to take over the kingdom now that uh, the king dad's gone, and uh, she's uh, she's got the salamandra behind her. And I'm like, well, that sucks. She's gonna kill us, and then oh. A portal opened up, and we showed up in this totally weird area on the shore, and people were looking out at the water, and there was – they never explained what that is. Was it a yeah. city? In hindsight, that was really strange. Basically, it was like you're looking at the city of Atlantis out there, and then nobody ever mentions it. The only city that's referenced the entire rest of the chapter is an underwater city, which – I guess must be that city. That must be just be the top of the buildings that are mostly underwater. Right. That 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 was the thing that got me was like there's there's this underwater city and stuff, but I never went there. Yeah, it was a little strange. Yeah. And then you see like the the pathway to it. I'm like, all right, finally we're going there. No. <laughs> no. Instead, you have possibly the the. Well, we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> but uh, so this. We were on track, you know. We 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 killed the professor. He's dead, you know. We're we're on the the Javed's trail. We're we're getting ready. We've taken out Salamandra or most of Salamandra, and um, you know, we're 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 on the road to victory, you know. And then all of a sudden, Chapter Four happens, and we're back inside Quest City. Yeah, not only that, but the game basically had been building. You know, Kermorin gets attacked, and the the idea is, all right, we have to go to Vizima. The next chapter is the outskirts of Vizima. The next chapter is the poor section of Vizima. And then we get to the rich section of Vizima. So, it, like, the game, like, was building up to confrontations in Vizima, and now that's just all on hold. Yeah. In fact, that's that's exactly what the main quest line says at the beginning is, I should chill out for a little while until Princess Ada or Ada or whatever the hell her name is, is is not after me much, you know. And I was like, really? So we run around this town, and it just so happens everybody in this, this town, what is, what is the name of this town? Is there a name? Yeah, it's uh, Swamp something. Yeah, um... Murky water, murky water, yeah, yeah, murky water. So we're in this small community that's on the shore called Murky Water, and there really is no reason to be here. Other yeah, this game would not have lost anything if we went straight from chapter three to five. I don't well, think. well, there's two things that majorly happen. Technically, three. And I, I'm not going by this in any real order because it is a lot of side quest stuff. But I will mention them, you know, 
when we get to them. There's three things that majorly happen. One thing with Alvin. So that's, that's one thing I should say. Apparently everybody in this game decided to come to this place. Yeah. Except for Trish and Shawnee. So Alvin is here. Uh, for some reason. Yeah. He doesn't know why. We don't know why. I know how he got here. He teleported. So, so the Salamandra guys were, were, were getting ready to capture him. And he got scared and, you know, really concentrated and teleported himself. He didn't know how he did it. And when he teleported, he ended up in this city or in this town. At least that's what he told me. Um, you know, and Shawnee was taking care of him. Um, so something with Alvin happens. Something with the order or in the Skoatel happens here. And there's this person that we run into that we've been looking for for pretty much the entire game. Yeah. Anticlimactic there as well. I oh, think. my God. So it's Berengar, the other witcher that we've been trying to find this entire time. Yeah. And in my opinion, one of the biggest quests of the game. Yeah. Is you know, we're on the hunt for Berengar. What is he going to reveal to us? What, what, you know, what is the story with Berengar? Yeah. Not much of one is the answer. Yeah, that pretty much. So, um, first thing we pretty much do when we get there is run into Berengar. Um, or we hear hints that there, the, the witcher is here and we're like, okay, well, and then we, we eventually run into Berengar, uh, in this cave. And he won't talk to us. He, he's all, he's all like, you know, sold up and, 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 you know, really defensive about everything and won't tell us anything. So that, 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 that quest line then becomes, I need to come back to him later on and maybe he'll open up to me. I'm like, what the fuck is the point here? So we go into this town and there's a bunch of different side quests. Dandelion. Now I haven't mentioned Dandelion much. But he's been in the second and third chapters a decent amount. Yeah. Um, Dandelion is basically a bard. And him and uh, Geralt are good friends that have known each other before um, Geralt lost his memory. And uh, he, he... He has a lot of stuff written about Geralt. Yeah, he, he, he's wrote many ballads and... Um, and uh, songs and stuff about Geralt and his exploits. And uh, I, I would say this is the one guy Geralt truly trusts. Um, as far yeah. as, besides, you know, the person you choose to, I guess, court. Yeah, I don't even trust Triss, and I chose her. Yeah, I don't trust Triss. Oh. Um, and, you know, I went with Shawnee. Um and so he's there, uh, and he's supposed to be doing this stuff for a wedding. He's supposed to be, you know, playing the music and stuff like that. And everybody's real excited about this wedding. And there's this guy here. Um, and on top of that, he, he's kind of like a somewhat of a political leader. His, his dad is the mayor of this town. And a lot of people go through him to, to talk to his dad and, they're having issues with the the fish people of uh, of the um, the shore area. The Voidianoi. The Voidianoi, yeah. 
and um, they they have hard they have a hard time communicating with each other. Um, there is a guy who can speak English or common or whatever the hell that they're speaking is English, obviously, but I don't know what the, the actual language is. I know in D and D they call it common. Um, uh, and they want the Witcher, a neutral uh, person in this entire thing, to try and work out things with each other. And each side basically is like, do this thing for us, and it will fuck the other person over, and that way uh, everything will be fine then. Um, but then there's always that, well, you could appease both sides. I can't stand that, you know, because I mean, most of the time people will be like, Oh, we'll, we'll go to the neutral route. And that way don't choose a side. Then everybody can live happily ever after. Now I I didn't do that in this because I was like, I want to get this shit done. And I've been around these humans a shit ton more. So I went and killed their God. Squished a fish. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and we called it a day. Uh, which I will get into that boss fight in a little while, in a little while, because I want to talk about that one. But the big wedding thing is going on. This is totally like a side quest stuff, but it's long as hell. Um, and it, it, it eventually evolves into mainline stuff. You have to do this stuff in order to progress the story, even though it is side story stuff has nothing to do with the fucking story at all. Yep. So basically, uh, it's all about the wedding stuff. You got to go. So there's a woman getting married to the son of the mayor. And it's going to be this big political thing. And everybody's like, oh, all these things. And everybody's so happy. And, but there's one person who's not happy. And that is the bride's sister. She's jealous. Selena. Selena. She's all pissed off and. Apparently, we don't see this, but they they get into an argument. Selena and her sister. What's the bride's name again? Alina. Alina. Yeah. Um. They get into an argument, and Selena pushes her, and she falls and hits her head, and it kills her. She didn't mean to kill her, but it killed her. And uh, she's out here. They're out here in this field. She was gathering uh, raspberries uh, for her her husband to be, and um. What now? I think the husband is Julian. Julian, yeah. And then uh, the jealous boyfriend is Adam. Is it Adam? I think so. Okay. So (laughs) it's this love triangle thing where everybody pretty much dies except for Julian. Um, The sister kills the bride. Then the jealous boyfriend kills the sister so there's two (laughs) yeah so there's two dead people one of them becomes what they call a noon wraith the other one becomes a night wraith so the sister who accidentally killed the bride becomes the night wraith and the noon wraith is the the bride and truth be told both of these ghosts or whatever are creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, they, 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 it looks like a, like a walking fucking corpse. Yeah. She, yeah, she look- I thought Alina reminded me of the girl from the corpse bride. Yeah. That's, Remember? yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of when I, when I looked at it. Cause she's wearing like this wedding dress and there's blood all over it. And her face, she looks like a mummy almost like her face is already like the, she's already lost a lot of weight <laughs> and you know, it looks like she's, her body's starting to decompose and her eyes are wide and it's, it's, it's actually rather creepy looking and she doesn't know she's dead. So Julian has asked us to please free her soul from this so she can rest in peace. So we get the bright idea from Abigail Remember Abigail from the first chapter, the witch that we protected? Well, she says that there was a mirror that she used all the time. Maybe if we show her her reflection in the mirror that she will finally realize that she is deceased and she'll move on to the next world or whatever. See, I never saw Abigail in this chapter. You never saw Abigail once. I don't think so. So who were you talking to for all this stuff? I don't know now who told me about the mirrors. I thought it was the... I thought it was the village chief, but I guess that doesn't make sense. I know that after this section, when the mirror did not put her to rest, Uh then I went to talk to Dandelion, because they told me to talk to somebody who knew, would know about myths and legends or something. Right. Well, he, you know, he that seems like a dandelion type of situation. But it definitely was not Abigail. Okay. So Abigail, I don't know if you ever went into the building. Abigail is in the building where the bar is. There's a building next to it, especially where the 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 nurse, I think it's called the nurse's hut or the the doctor's hut. Um it's like a medical area. People go to get healing and stuff like that. Healer's hut, probably. Uh, no, I never went in there. She's basically become the resident healer for this town. And um, that's where I run into her. So, uh, and and then I, you know, you know how those, those cut scenes of basically, you made this choice and this is what Geralt thinks of it. Oh, I got one of those with her saying, you know, I chose to help her and now she's helping me. And, you know, it, it's like... It, the the people that I, I'm justified in this because the people that were wanting to kill her were monsters in and of themselves, you know, and that that's kind of a reoccurring theme with this entire game so far is Geralt is finally understanding that not all monsters are monsters and not all humans are humans. You know, basically he what's that now? Well, not all humans are good. Oh, yeah. Like, like, even, most of the humans in this game are monsters. You know, every, everybody's got an evil side to them. Um, and so uh, I got I got one of those resolutions, and then I got another one about um, me choosing, you know, uh, Shawnee over Triss, and how Geralt thinks it's a completely bad idea to choose Shawnee. Because uh, apparently Alvin was running around. I swear to God, Alvin follows you all the way around this fucking place. 
Yeah, I thought maybe my game was glitching. I'm like, why is he always here? Yeah. But then when I go into certain areas, he's just gone. Yeah, anytime you're in the field, he's with you. And that's that's possibly the worst place he can be because that's where fucking ghosts and shit are. I know early in the chapter he makes a comment about wanting to hunt monsters like I do. But I told him to shut his trap and he was too young for that. Yeah, I've I've constantly reminded him that hey, being a witcher is not all it's cracked up to be. Um, but he uh, yeah, he he's always in the field with you. So whenever I'm like fighting monsters and shit, he's there. And anytime I'm in a cutscene talking to people, you can see him just running around in the background. I'm like, what the fuck is this? It looks so dumb. But there's there was one part where he was out. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and then also there's times where he's complaining about, like, ah, they're chasing me. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, you got here then. But, the, um, the, but there was one of those, you know, cutscenes where Geralt's talking to himself and, you know, has the pictures. Um, and it was one of those where he was at the riverbank and he was getting attacked by something and I helped, I helped kill it. And I got one of those scenes where he was like, ah, Shawnee's wanting me to be a father of this kid and she wants me to be her husband and I'm just a monster hunter. I shouldn't have ever got her involved in this, but I do love her, you know, and it, it was basically him saying, I don't want to get Shawnee involved in all this, but I do love her. And I think this was a mistake to show my feelings to her. I was like, well, shit. <laughs> Did you get anything like that about Tris? I don't think so. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the, the, the corpse bride is there, and we have to gather pieces of this mirror. Hopefully we reveal her reflection to herself. She'll realize she's dead, and that'll be it. Well, that doesn't work. She doesn't believe us. Even though her dead sister is there saying, yes, you're dead. <laughs> well, she wasn't there at that point yet. Because... We had uh, well, at least for me, I don't. Maybe this played out a little differently for you, but what I had to do was go to Dandelion to write a poem that we could read to Alina, so that she would stick around with us until it turned to night, and then Selena would show up, and then she tells her. Really? No, that didn't happen with me. Yeah, so um, I did all this during the day, and huh. um, what what it. What had happened was I tried the mirror. It didn't work. I went and talked back to Abigail. She told me, you need to figure out a way to convince her. Uh, and like, uh, she, she, she was, she was about to get married. She was in love and maybe a song will help her or something like that. So I go to, I go to Dandelion and I'm like, Hey, I need you to craft up a song and help me exercise this fucking ghost. And he's like, all right. So we go to the field during the day. She's there getting the raspberries or whatever. And um, he starts singing a song to her. And he wants me to finish it. So I have to I have to choose basically something that rhymes with whatever he said. Did you do uh, that? Yeah, it's basically the same thing I did. But there was no ex- extra step. Uh, or, or for, there wasn't for me. I had to pick the pick the verses, and then eventually, like, because 
we were supposed to meet in the field at dusk. So at the end of when Alina would be there, but before Selena would show up. Oh yeah. So yeah. So we're, we're reading this poem to keep Alina around until Selena shows up so that she can convince her that she's dead. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what happened with me. So, um, but yeah, like that was the thing is like time really doesn't, it had effects in the first few chapters of this game, but in this chapter, I did pretty much everything in one fucking day. So, you know, when I go back to talk to Julian, his wife died that day, but he's like, these past few days have been very rough for me. I'm like, dude, it's only been a day. <laughs> you know, I was like, cause I, like I played this in like two sittings I didn't really rest in between, so no day-night cycles happened. Maybe one day-night cycle during this entire chapter. And I was like, all this, I was like, he has had an eventful day. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I was just like, because I just wanted to get this stuff done, you know. So, Dandelion, you know, he does his 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 lute playing and... And, you know, we finish his, his poem and stuff, and she finally realizes what happened, and, you know, she goes to wherever. And, um, we, we go back and tell him, tell, uh, her, her fiance, she's, she's, she's passed. We, we've done it. Um, and then, uh, so, that's that's one part. That so there's three main parts to this to this chapter, and that's one of them. The other part deals with Berengar. Let's talk about Berengar. So we've already met him. He's staying at this campfire, and we have to go back and talk to him periodically to see if he'll open up to us. And eventually, he tells us that. He was kind of forced to, but he worked with Salamandra for a while. Um, so much, in fact, that he showed them how to use the Witcher stuff that they stole. The mutagens. Yeah, the mutagens and stuff like that. He, 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 did he help them, um, with the siege and at Karamoran or no? I don't think he was there, but when I first talked to him about it, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I had to. They forced me to. Yeah, they, he kind of aided in it. I guess told them like the facility and the layout and shit like that, and how they could get in and where they kept all the stuff. Um, so he's been helping them with this stuff. Yeah, and, and at least for me, he initially said he only did it because they made him. But then by the end of the chapter, he was just like, "Yeah, I helped them, and basically, I, I did it because they paid well, and blah blah blah, and I'm, I'm not remorseful." That's how he acted with me the entire time, too. And, uh, you know, obviously the quest line changed from he helped Salamandra. I must make him pay for this. And so the whole, the whole time I'm trying, like every time I tried to like, attack him, I kept talking to him. I'm like, okay, well, this must come later on. So, um, there, there's another place where we can go, which is the, this island where basically the entrance to the underwater city is. And there is a goddess there, um, the um, the Lady of the Lake. Is that it? Yep, the Lady of the Lake on Black Turn Island. Yes. 
And uh, she's constantly giving us riddles and asking us if we believe in fate and shit like that. And it, all philosophical and stuff. And um, while we're there, Berengar shows up. And, uh, you know, he, he's basically like, um, yeah, so I did all this shit with Salamander. What are you going to do about it? And, yeah. you know, I can I can choose either to fight him or not. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this guy. I'm fighting him. So I, I straight up killed his ass. Um, yep. I, I was going to let him live for the very first choice. And he said something else that rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, no, you're you're just not a good person. You may be good at being a witcher, but you're not a good witcher. So uh, I ended That was a pretty eventful like 10-minute span because you also fight, fight the fish boss. Yeah. Well, see, I did that at, at, at a later time. Like, oh, I... Really? I was doing this stuff in sections. I came back. I came back and forth to this fucking island like ten times. It seems like. Huh. Um, but yeah. So the important thing is, is that when you kill Berengar, he has a note on him, which is basically his last will and testament. And he basically describes that he did all this stuff, um, like. In hopes that he could destroy Salamandra and stop uh, Javed and the professor. But for oh, I never read that note. Yeah, read that note because it, it turns out that he was actually kind of like doing this stuff to trick them. Oops. But then at the same time, he was I don't I don't know why he acted that way. I think he 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 realized he was doing more harm than good. You know, he's like, he screwed over the witchers and, you know, they're spread out now and a lot of people's dead because of him, but he did it for good intentions. So when was the, the note written? Was it written early and then he was in too deep, like he was undercover and then basically just turned into a bad guy? I'm pretty sure that was written after, like right before he came and talked to you. Oh, okay. Because, like, he, he he basically said, you know, it's like I fucked up, you know, the 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 shit has went too far now, and and like bad shit's already happening. I think, to me, it feels like Berengar wanted us to kill him. Like he just felt so guilty. Yeah, he felt guilty about all this shit, even though he tried to do it for a good cause. Everything just went wrong, and like he's like, he's like, there's no going back now. It was a bit of a tragic hero then. Yeah. So I was like, well, shit, because you could let him live, but, you know. I almost did. Like I said, I, I was close. He was, you know, as far as I know, you know, there aren't that many witchers around. If we could have somehow teamed up, we could have been unstoppable. Yeah. So I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt until, you know, partway through that conversation. I was just like, no, you're just too much of a douche. Yeah, this guy was too much of a dude. He kept, you know, he kept egging you on and shit too. I was like, all right, you you want to play this fucking game? You realize how many people I've murdered? <laughs> so I mean, I, you know, I chopped his fucking head off. So yeah, that's that's the end of Berengar. End of that storyline. <laughs> in, in the end of a almost game long storyline. Yeah. And then the final thing you have to do for this chapter is deal with the humans and the fish people. 
And it's, it's one of those things where both sides are kind of like, fuck over the other guys and want to worry about them anymore. So the humans are like, look, they worship this weird fish god thing. If you kill it, they'll just, they won't know what to do anymore and they'll leave us alone. So I, I went to the island and, and, and killed their god. Dagon? Yeah, Dagon. So let's talk about this fight because honestly, I don't even know how I fucking did it. <laughs> because every time I tried to hit him, he would parry. So I couldn't do any damage to him. Right. I don't think you can. It didn't matter if I had any type of style. It was fast or heavy or area. Uh, he had two dudes, two minions running around trying to attack you too. If you killed one of them, he would summon another one immediately. Yeah, but every time you killed one, he lost like 5% of his life. Or oh, he did, did he? His life, yeah. See, what I thought and what I, how, how I really damaged him was I have been leveling up a certain type of sign. It's the sign where you put a trap on the ground. And I've got that sucker leveled up. I've got every bronze and every silver point in that thing. And so when I drop that little thing on the ground, these spikes come up out of the ground and does some fucking major damage to some dudes. And I kept luring him over to that, that uh, trap, <laughs> and it'd do a lot of damage. So I'm like, yeah, that's how you do it. But, man, that fight was nuts. <laughs> I, was, I, I, had, I had every fucking um, potion drink and everything. I was like, damn, I can't do anything to this guy. So I just kept throw, putting that sign down and stuff, and... Eventually got him by the skin. Are you sure those were even doing damage to him? What's that? Because are you sure that the the trap was doing damage to him? I'm pretty sure it was. Because I, I, you know, nothing I did did even a single point of damage to him. But every time you killed one of his minions, uh, like the, a lightning bolt would come out of it and it would hit him and he would lose life. So I thought that was the only way you could beat him. I didn't, and I, I think I used the. The Igni sign on him, the fire sign, but I don't think that did any damage to him. Hmm. Maybe it did. I, I'm pretty sure my my trap was doing stuff to him. I could be wrong, but I think it was. Huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I killed a shit ton of his minions, though. <laughs> there was remains laying everywhere. And they had absolutely nothing on them. So we killed that guy. Went back. Got a sweet sword. Yeah. So that was the thing. I had finally got enough meteorite rocks and enough. Um, the meteorite rocks were for making um, uh, enhanced uh, silver swords. And then you can also upgrade or create a new uh, um, steel sword as well by using. Um, shit, what is it? I was going to ask you how to do this because I've got a bunch of meteorite. I've got diamond dust, which I think is just a temporary buff. It is. It's a temporary buff, which is a fucking awesome temporary buff. Is it? Oh, God, yeah. Diamond dust. If, I, if I'm going into a boss fight that I know I'm going to have some trouble with, I always put diamond dust on. That's 40% extra damage. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's significant. And I've got a bunch of runes, but I don't know what to do with any of this stuff, really. Now, the runes, I believe, are also temporary. Yeah, I think so. Um, but the meteorites, you have to have three of a certain kind. 
So oh, you have not- to, no, you can't combine them. You have to have three red or three blue or three yellow, uh, and then they can create or imbibe them into the silver sword. So who does that? Do I do that myself? Just no. In the menu? No, you, have do, you have to take black? it to a blacksmith. What the shit? Um, I finally had to just look it up because I was like, I got enough of this shit and I want to get some better weapons because I've been using the exact same two swords throughout the entire game. Yeah, me too. Um, and so I upgraded both swords and it was like, man, this is awesome. I'm doing so much more damage and stuff like that. And like the, um, the, the, the stuff I use to upgrade my, my, um, my sword, my, my, uh, my steel sword now has like 30% extra critical hit chance and like 10% chance to bleed on hit and stuff. And I'm like, I'm just mowing through dudes. And I killed that guy. I killed the, the God guy and I got an even better fucking sword. And I'm like, fuck yeah. So I was just saying, you know, I can keep that one, put that there. Kill him. Go back to the mayor. It's done. I right. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And then something else happens. Um, we go back to uh, um, to the main part right there where the um, where the shore is. Yeah, by the by the Fisher King, the mute Fisher King. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, there is a woman from the Order there. And she says that, um, well, we've we've heard that the Scoyotel has moved in on this area, and uh, we're going to um, take them out. Come to find out, they just not moved into the area. They took some hostages. Pretty much all the people in the village have been taken hostage, including Alvin. Well, we can't let them have Alvin. So we have a choice to make. We can go in and help the Scoyotel escape, or we can help the Order come in and slaughter everybody and save the hostages. Matt, I'm pretty sure I know who you went with. Yep, the Rebel Alliance. And I went with the Order. Heartless. So that's the thing, though, is that this entire time, I have seen the Scoyotel as just a bunch of fucking terrorists, you know, robbing banks and and taking hostages is not how you get your freedom. And the order is basically, to me, has been just basically like, you know, dude, you can't do this stuff. We 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 have to keep order here. You can't go around robbing banks and taking hostages. So I went with the order. And of course, like I go back into town um to to get Alvin. I go into town, they're there. I'm like, look, I just want the kid. They're like, okay, fine, you can take the kid. We don't kill children. And I was like, Well shit. If you'd have told me that beforehand, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have went with the order. Oh shit, here they come, and the order fucking slaughters everybody. <laughs> Except for one person. The 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 woman who was leading the the, the, the Scoyotel. She gets away. There's always one person that gets away, so she can go tell the Scoyotel leader, "Hey, this fuckhead Witcher is 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 a, is an asshole." <laughs> so uh, they get away, and the order's like, "Well, we appreciate everything you've done for us. You got Alvin. Congratulations." Um, 
But during the fight, Alvin gets scared. And he does his little concentration thing and then teleports away. And we have no idea where he is. So now I, I'm meeting up with Dandelion. Dandelion's like, what's going on? I said, well, <laughs> it's a bloodbath over there, man. But um, we've got bigger problems. Alvin has teleported, and I don't know where the hell he is. So, all right, I guess it's time to go back to Vizima. Yeah, about that girl that uh, survived. She made me nervous, though, because when I first saw her, maybe it wasn't her. Maybe it was when I got in the village. But someone said, like, we know that you've been working with Yavin. We know all about what you've been doing. Stay out of our way. I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, still, I, I don't like you guys. So I'm still going to help kill you. But then she was alive at the end, and she was just kind of standing around, and they said something about they stripped her of her rank, but that she still wouldn't – like, I asked her, I'm like, well, if you don't have a rank, you might as well join us in the Scoitel. And she just said no. Hmm. So you killed all the order that tried to ambush him? Yeah. Huh. So what? Kill them all. You know, I would have been happy sending them away, but you know, I didn't have that option. So did Alvin still do his teleport thing? Yep, he still got scared in the middle of it and did the same thing. Okay. So we have went on branching paths here, Matt. So we'll see how this plays out for us. Um, we go back to Vizima and on the boat ride there, shit's going down in Vizima. Uh, there's buildings on fire, uh, the, the chaos, pure chaos is going on. When I, when I land in, in Vizima, I get off the boat and, uh, Zoltan, our dwarven friend, he comes running up saying, dude, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, the order is going around just killing people now. He's like, they, they're just killing random, you know, like, instead of just going after the Scoyatel, now they're just saying, you know what? If you're an elf or a dwarf, you're fucking dead. So much yeah. in fact that they're taking, they're taking elven children and women and putting them in the quarantine areas and getting them sick of this plague that's going around. So for you, they're doing that just because the Scoia'tael exist. In my game, they're doing it because they exist and because I'm helping them. Okay. I guess. So the I, end result is no different. I'm just one person. I guess. So in my game, I'm looking at it like I'm working for the Order, these guys who are, you know, a, a good force to be behind, you know, the, the guys who, who are keeping, you know, on the straight and narrow, they're the guys who, who are making sure no bad things are happening here, but now they're getting power hungry. Now they're turning into the Templars of Dragon Age. And they're like, you know what? Fuck all mages. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm like, great. So now what do we do? <laughs> And uh, so I, I make it onto the to the the dike area. I'm going up the bridge. Man, I've got a fucking slew of Scoia'tael just coming down that fucking bridge. And I'm just having to murder all of them. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm murdering uh, the order guards. Yeah, over and over again. 
Meanwhile, this is the place where my game decides that it wants to crash. I got real nervous. I wasn't going to be able to finish this game. Three times in a row, I got to the same point on the bridge. And my game, like, I, I, there, was, I, there was a group of the Order knights around me. Uh-huh. And I was in the midst of, a, you know, an area attack. And my game would just freeze and shut off. That's exactly what was happening to me. In a row. When I told you, what, when was it? When we were... When we were, it was right after the bank thing when we were going to the, um, to the Salamandra hideout. Yep. And we were, you know, we were, we were getting ready to fight the professor right before that. Every time I'd, I'd get into that one group of fight, fighting that one group, it would crash automatically. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I, I just didn't fight that group. How did you get past that? Well, it turned out I was going the wrong way anyway. I was, I was trying to go back into the Vizima that I had been in before because I, Thought that's what Zoltan was asking me to do, mm-hmm. but I ended up just running past those guys, not fighting them, and then I couldn't get through the door. Like there was no option to go through it. Right. Like, all right, I guess I have to kill enough people. So then, instead of fighting them in the same place I had fought them the first two times, I'm like, maybe it has something to do with these people and these surroundings, and maybe it's too much geometry. I don't know. So I decided just to move the fight way out onto the dike over by, you know, where you come up from the shoreline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I killed them all and nothing, you know, my game didn't freeze. So I'm like, okay. So then I went back over to the door and still can't get through it. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. Then I had another problem actually where I was like, all right, I don't know where to go. So I guess I'm going to have, I'm going to bring up a quest and see if I can have it track for me. And it was this weird period where I bring up my chapter four quests and it says I don't have any. And I'm like, oh, shit. What did I do wrong? And then I I click over to 5 to look at my Chapter 5 quests. And they're there. Even though I technically haven't started Chapter 5 yet, I have to pick the Chapter 5 quest that says go into Old Vizima, which then sends me all the way to the other end of the dike. Yeah. And then I go through that door. And then it tells me I've entered Chapter 5. So I'm like, wait a minute. What? How did I select a Chapter 5 quest before I started Chapter 5? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I got to where I needed to be. Yeah, so I made it to Old Vizima. And, I mean, we can talk about the cutscene. So when we make it into Old Vizima, shit's going down. You know, the, the village, parts of the village are being torched. People are fighting everybody. Um, and the king shows up. King's walking down with his trusted associates and um, some Scoyatel guys surround him and are trying to attack him. And all of a sudden this uh, this knight comes out and uh, lights the guys on fire uh, using magic. And um, I didn't catch this guy's name. I only watched the cutscene. Uh, they they named – what now? I did too, only very briefly. Yeah, they they named the guy. He's obviously like the highest ranking officer of the. He's not of the order, is he? Uh, I think he is. They they had a a title for him. I didn't hear an actual name. But uh, but he works for the order, though, right? Yeah, I think so. I think he was like one of the. The right-hand men of the king, I thought. 
That's what I was thinking too. But I th- at the same time, the king disagreed with him. Like he was like, let me let me go in and deal with the Scotels crap. And yeah, uh, I think I'm the grandmaster of the order. Yeah, he shows up and he's like, you know, he's a, a crazy magician. Obviously, he can light dudes on fire. And um, he's like, let me deal with this. We'll exterminate every fucker here. And the king's like, nope, nope, we're not doing this. Not right now. Not on my turf. And he said, we need to have a meeting. And Geralt, I've heard a lot about you. What the fuck are you doing in my city? You know, you saved my daughter once, but she's kind of went astray. <laughs> um, And then he takes me into this castle. And then tells me, what do you think we should do? And that's where I get to leave off. Yep. Basically, he's like, all right, talk to my associates, gather information, and we'll see where to go from here. Because he doesn't know if he wants to leave this to the order because they're getting kind of power hungry. And at the same time, the Scoyatel, or the Scoyatel. So. So things are coming to a head. Yeah, he. This is this is to the point where you're gonna have to make a decision. We got something we got to deal with here, and there's two ways to do it. So, I guess hopefully not all roads lead to one. Well, that, that's kind of the mo of this game, I think. Yeah, I have to say though, there's a couple of things I do want to mention. One of them being. I those cutscenes you get where Geralt's talking to the to the player or whatever, talking about his decisions. Those those cutscenes where they're showing like static images that are like hand drawn. Yeah, those are really good looking. Yeah, I like those. I like those because Dandelion looks fucking dumb as shit, but in that one uh, picture, he looks cool. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, why didn't they just model him after that? It, it, it's weird. Like, there's so many characters in this that are just so goofy looking that you can't really take them seriously. They clearly didn't have that much time to model all the characters since they only modeled about four and then reused them. Yeah, like Lou Varden is dumb looking. Um, or, or the the Fisher King was also the cannibal. Yeah, same guy. And he was also the grave digger. Outside of the yeah, outside of, yeah, cemetery. Yeah, multiple people with with spoken dialogue. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't care if the you know the, the common person walking down the street that you never took to talk to looks the same as twenty five other people that you don't talk to. But it's really weird that like the main characters are all the same character. That that that's what's weird to me is that no variations whatsoever. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. Like, the only people who look different, obviously Geralt, Triss, Shawnee, Zoltan. The king, no. The king. I didn't realize how short Zoltan was until we were fighting on the dike. He's a little guy. Oh, yeah. He's a dwarf. He's a dwarf, but (laughs) I can't really tell. Like, all the other times you're talking to him, I don't think you see Geralt standing next to him. Yeah. You see him while you're talking to him, so I had no... No, uh, no gauge, no reference to see how tall he was. Yeah. And then I think Dandelion. And that's about it. Everybody else, there's, there's, there's somebody walking around that looks like them. 
It's so fucking weird. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, it's, yeah. It'd be better in that respect. I'm sure The Witcher Two is going to be much different. Um. But yeah, that's in chapter four. Kind of short and sweet. Not that many hours into, I think, like you said, about six six hours. So it is shorter, and I've heard that chapter five is significantly shorter. So, so we could probably do that and the epilogue together. Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll, the, next yeah. the next episode we will be done with The Witcher one. Um, but that that actually brings me to another discussion that I want to bring with you. Um, we don't necessarily have to do on the podcast, but since we're talking and recording at the same time, I have done the calculations and, I, and I have looked at the, the, the calendar. Uh-oh. If we are to cover Metal Gear 3, 4, and Peace Walker before Metal Gear Solid 5 comes out, we do that's not, all- that's all we're going to do. Um, the Witcher 2 will either have to wait or we're going to have to do it some other way. I feel like it does. If we suffered through this one, I want to get to The Witcher 2 and do it on four real episodes. Yeah. I'm okay waiting. I mean, I really want to do Parasite Eve 2 as well. Yeah. At some point. So, there... the. I don't know how busy you're going to be in the next few months. Do you do you do you want to try to do The Witcher Two as a side episode? Can can do you think do you think you could handle doing Metal Gear Solid Three and The Witcher at the same time? Uh, how many? It depends how many episodes we're trying to push. Metal Gear Three into okay. So here's here here's the here's my calendar. I got it on my phone right now, and I'll bring it up because I I did calculate as much as I possibly could with this because I, I was I was trying to figure this stuff out. I was like, how can we do this? So today's the third, uh, and we're doing The Witcher One. The tenth, which is next Wednesday, Witcher One, we'll finish it. The seventeenth of June, Metal Gear Solid Three. I've got. Metal Gear Solid 3 lasting three episodes. So that's three weeks. Mm, see, that's fairly tight. I don't think in that time I would have a whole lot of time to play The Witcher. Yeah. If we were doing it four episodes, then I would have said, yeah, there's probably enough time in there. Well, so here, here's my thing. Here's what I'm looking at right now, what I have. I got The Witcher this week and next week. And then the week after, we start Metal Gear Solid 3. I got three episodes of Metal Gear Solid 3. I've got four episodes from Metal Gear Solid 4. That and sounds then I, right. And then I have three episodes for Peace Walker. With all that being done, that will leave us one week where we don't have anything, and then Metal Gear Solid Five comes out. Now, my thing is, and I, I was talking to Ken about it. Ken has already decided he is not going to join us for Peace Walker. He doesn't give a shit about it. Oh. So he's he's going to be a little bitch and be that way. But we're still covering Peace Walker. What I kind of want to do with Metal Gear Solid 5 is not have a series for it. What I want to do is we play through Metal Gear Solid 5 on our own time 
because here's what's going to happen. Me, you, and Ken are probably going to beat Metal Gear Solid Five within a week or a week and a half because yeah. I'm not going to play jack shit during that week <laughs> except for yeah. Metal Gear Solid Five. So what I was thinking was was that when we all finish Metal Gear Solid Five, sit down and have a big episode just talking about the game. Not going through chapters one, two, and three and and stuff like that. Just basically sit down and say, Wow, how fucking crazy was this? How crazy was this? What do you think of this? You know. Basically just do like a big episode just covering the whole thing. Yeah, no, that that sounds good to me. So we could do that. I'm just trying to figure out a way where we could actually squeeze in The Witcher 2. If you wanted to do it that way. So I am open to suggestions on that. I'm not opposed to just doing The Witcher 2 right after Metal Gear Solid 5. Okay. If you want to do it that way, then I'm down with that. If we can fit it in beforehand, I'm, I'm game for it. But... If we only have one free week, I mean, there's a pretty good chance we miss a week randomly anyway, which doesn't leave us any free weeks. Yeah, that leaves us a one-week buffer at most. And the thing is, I don't know. It's been a long time since I played Metal Gear Solid 3, and I don't know how many episodes that will take. Ken says it shouldn't take it shouldn't take more than three. And I think if we're diligent about it, we could probably squeeze it in in three. Yeah, probably. Um, four will definitely take four episodes. Yeah. Because there's a lot of cutscenes. The last episode will be just probably the last chapter and that final cutscene. The final cutscene is a fucking movie. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding around. Jamie, I know you're listening to this. Be prepared. The ending to Metal Gear Solid 4 is a movie long. It's an hour and a half. I'm not Which I, kidding. I'm not gonna- there's not going to be anything on that scale in five, right? I think they've said that outright. There are not going to be any hour and a half cutscenes. I, 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 I don't think so. I hope not. So, I mean, but yeah, like I said, I mean, if that's how you want to do it, we can do it that way because I've, although I've got that set up pretty much. So, The Witcher next week, finish it up, then go straight into Metal Gear Solid Three. And it will be the year of the gear from from then until five. Yeah, because I mean, when was the last time we recorded ten episodes straight without missing a week? That's true. I mean, shit does come up. Yeah, and you random know, for one week will will we'll crop up in there somewhere. Yeah, and that that'll that'll give us a week buffer before MGS five comes out. And when that happens, I'm not going to play anything else. Because that's, I'm I'm that big of a fan of the series. So, go with that for now. But without without a doubt, we're finishing The Witcher next week, and then we're off to Metal Gear Solid Three. So, we got those two worked out at least. I just didn't know if you wanted to try and I know we we were in discussions to possibly doing The World Ends with You as a side project, but I didn't know if you wanted to try possibly doing. The Witcher 2 as a side project. Yeah, if we had just a little bit more time, I'd say try and squeeze it in, but 
I, I just doesn't seem like we have enough time for it. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, like with you, I'm, I mean, I know you've got way more of a life than I do. So I, I play a lot of fucking video games, so I could possibly do it, but then I don't want to put that kind of burden on anybody else, you know. So that's yeah. If I find myself with a free week off, I'm sure I could, but yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to happen anytime soon. Exactly. So and and then me working the amount of hours that I am working is it's hard for me sometimes and plus I got to review games and shit and I'm wondering here's the thing is that uh there's been talk that I might for work go over to the UK uh-huh. for a week and if I did that I would probably have most of my nights free and I might then switch to play Peace Walker on my PSP in a hotel room as opposed to Playing the HD version here, hmm. which would probably save me quite a bit of time. But you know, that's all tentative as of now. I don't know if or when I'm heading over there. Right. That's however you wanted to do it. That that would be the last game we do. So, as far as like if we're doing it in 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 chronological order. So, I've never actually finished Peace Walker. Me either, actually. So yeah, I, I'm. I that's one. That's one of the reasons why I was telling Ken. I was like, you kind of need to join us for this because I know he's never finished Peace Walker. Um, and I know I haven't, and you haven't. Well, if he's not doing Peace Walker, I mean, I guess we don't have time for this, but I feel like we're shortchanging Portable Ops here. That's a good game. <laughs> you know, speaking of which, I, I meant to bring it up to you. Because uh, I know you you recently got some a bunch of handhelds like the Game Boy and stuff like that, and just out of curiosity, I was looking up games. You know, I, I just typed in Google like top twenty games for the Game Boy. There's a Metal Gear game, yep, on the Game Boy called Ghost Babble. Yep, and, and every fucking top twenty list had that on it. It surprised the shit out of me because I was thinking a Metal Gear game on the Game Boy. I figured it'd just be a cheap cash in. Apparently, it is touted as one of the best Game Boy games that's ever been made. They say it's more like the classic Metal Gear One and Two, but like updated. Yeah. Um, they they say it's not part of the the canon. Um, it's in fact it's actually it takes place after Metal Gear Solid Metal Gear Two Solid Snake. Um, it, it takes place after that and it's a what if story. Hmm. So it's, um, I don't know anything about it though. I, I, I know nothing about it either. I just, I, I will watch that retrospective that game trailers did, which is a fantastic retrospective on metal gear. If anybody ever wanted to, to watch it and they mentioned ghost Babel on there. And I was like, huh? And I looked up those, you know, because you were you were looking for games to play on like the those handhelds, and I noticed that a Metal Gear game was was one of the best games that was on that system. And I was like, huh, that's that's really interesting. I looked it up, and apparently it it's okay. fucking amazing. So I I've looked at getting it on eBay, but yeah, I just haven't been able to pull the trigger because it was I don't know fifty or sixty bucks. I think. Fucking hell. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy for a Game Boy game. <laughs> but yeah. So, we got a lot of Metal Gear coming up. But we're going to beat The Witcher. I've uh, I've already made up my mind. We're going to 
I'm going to power through this shit. Yeah, now that we're here, getting to the end, I, I really do want to see what happens, and if you know, if any of these decisions have mattered, and you know what we need to know to go into The Witcher Two. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah, don't really care what happens as long as, long as I'm set up well to get as much out of The Witcher Two as I can. Yeah, that's that's kind of like me too because I've from what I understand I I haven't really talked to many people. I talked to Ken a little bit because he did play The Witcher two. I just asked him I was like, are some of the people from The Witcher one in Witcher two? And he's like, oh, absolutely. So you know, I I have a feeling we'll probably see Triss and Dandelion at least. Yeah, will we recognize Dandelion? Maybe he's not goofy as shit in this one because right now he looks dumb. He he just looks so dumb, and I don't like his voice actor that much. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, that's it. We're we're done with this episode. It's um kind of a short chapter, but we're we're making it. We're gonna get there. We're gonna we're gonna finish up The Witcher one on the next episode. I do appreciate everybody listening. Uh, you can send us emails. Uh, it's uh, Drew at ZTGD.com. You can talk to us about The Witcher or Metal Gear because that's coming up very soon. Um, you can also tweet to us. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And uh, you can follow the podcast itself. It's at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, kind of a sim- more simpler episode. Um along with some planning for what we're going to do next. We've pretty much got this entire, like, year filled out so far. Yep. Because I guess if if we're going to do all the Metal Gears and then do five in a big episode and then move on to The Witcher, then it's the Halloween episode. Which, I'm have we have we already made up our mind we're doing Eternal Darkness? I hope so. Okay. Well, that's it then. So we're good through October, probably even <laughs> part of November because I don't know how long it's going to take us to do Witcher. We may have to do it like we did with Dark Souls and, and break up Dark Souls to record the Halloween episodes and then go back to it. Um, this time it's not going to be Siren Blood Curse because my God. Truth be told, like besides Resident Evil remake, our Halloween episodes have blown. Yeah, I, I did also go searching for Christmas themed games. There's not a lot there either. <laughs> I'm trying to even imagine. I don't know. Die Hard Two, the video game. That's, that'd be about close. The game equivalent of my my movie marathon. Yeah. Die Hard, the Die Hard trilogy, even though with a vengeance had nothing to do with Christmas. I don't, yeah, that's that's a good one. I I don't know Christmas. There are no Christmas video games. There you go. You can send me an email. There's a Nightmare Before Christmas game, I believe. Really? Huh. I guess Revenge or Otagi's Revenge or something like that. Oogie. Oogie Boogie. He yeah, was, maybe that. Yeah, he was the, he was the villain in um in uh Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. I I don't know that because 
of the movie. I know that because of fucking Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> because he was a villain in Kingdom Hearts. Uh, and I just recently watched the, one of my friends play through that entire game at my house. And now he's working on Kingdom Hearts 2. Hmm. So he wanted to play him. And I like hanging out with the guy. So it's, that's, it is what it is. Which Fun fact. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to deviate a little bit here. So we went and saw Mad Max last week. Um, went to the small theater here in my hometown. Went to a matinee. It's cheaper. We get the best seats in the house. And uh, me and my buddy, Chris, was there. And there was a couple in front of us, probably about three rows down. There was another guy. And that was it in the theater. Hello. And, and um, then, almost like... Almost as the movie was about to start, I'm talking the lights were dimming, the trailers were done, you know, playing and stuff like that. There was a guy that walked in. This man was wearing all camo, all camouflage. And um, he sat down in the row in front of us about three seats down. This man had something to say about everything and every scene. He wasn't talking to anybody. He was just saying it out loud. To begin with, it was kind of annoying. But toward the end of the movie, me and Chris, we couldn't wait to see what he was going to say next. <laughs> We're just sitting there because he, he got into it, man. You know, like there was scenes where action was happening. He'd be like, hell yeah, you know, and stuff like that. He'd yell it. And uh, he was very, very colorful with his with his arms and shit. And um, you know, like when when something something crazy would happen, he'd be like, "What the hell?" And he'd yell it really loud, real redneck sounding. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the best part of the entire thing was at the very end of the movie. You know, like in in certain movies where they have the you know the the music tempo is risen goes up and you know you're they're leading up to that big you know instant black screen and then the credits start rolling yep it was building up to that and when it when the screen turned black we looked over at him he raised both his hands in the air and went boom and then immediately got up and left the fucking theater like before the credits even started rolling, and that was like the icing on the cake. When he when it when he hit the door, me and Chris was busted out fucking laughing. We're like, this guy is better than the IMAX experience. I was like, I want him in every one of my fucking movies. That was the thing. It was like because I enjoyed Mad Max. It was great, <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> this guy made it ten times fucking better. And I was like, I, and we, we tried to find him, you know, in the parking lot and shit. We just wanted to see, like, what does this guy really look like? Because I didn't get a good look. I know he's just wearing all camo, but it was it was so weird. And it's like I was like, this is the stuff that you see in my hometown. <laughs> it was great, but yeah. And so now, 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 every time I see Chris when when he like when I'm getting ready to leave or when he's getting ready to leave, I throw my hands in the air and go boom and then leave. So that's that's gonna be a running joke from now on. Anyway, I just figured I'd share that with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I was in the movies for the first time in a while in an also empty theater, but I had no 
no animated characters to make it more lively. It was just an empty theater. Yeah. <laughs> what did you go see? Ex Machina. Oh, okay. How was that? Yeah, it was really good, actually. Yeah? Yeah. It was a very... It was a well-put-together movie. It was structured around its ideas, a very focused movie. Mm-hmm. So there might be a lot of things that you think aren't in it, but they're not in it for a reason because it is, you know, focused on the idea at hand. It was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Mad Max was great. And it was pretty much nonstop action throughout the entire thing. And it wasn't like mindless action. It was it was actually really good. Um but yeah. That's it for us. I'm gonna get out of here now, finally. Wasted wasted people's time talking about my my theater exploits. But yeah. Um Yeah, we'll be back next week to finish up uh, The Witcher One. But until then I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we are out of here. I hope you guys have a great week. And we will be back next week with the conclusion of The Witcher.